Hey guys, this is Hunter Levine, and thank you for listening to this Captain's Collective podcast series, Behind the Bahamas, where each podcast we sit down with guides, lodge owners, and other fishing industry leaders to discuss stories, lessons, and the lore that makes these waters special. This podcast is brought to you by Skinny Water Culture, Costa Sunglasses, Florida Fishing Products, Turtle Box Audio, and Orvis Fly Fishing. To learn more about our sponsors and to see some special content, head to captainscollective.com. In today's episode, we get a chance to be a fly on the wall with the guide team at Soulfly Lodge. In this podcast, we sit down with the crew and discuss their philosophies around fishing, teamwork, and conservation. This is one of the most fun episodes that I've recorded so far, and I learned a ton from our time together. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy. This is the Captain's Collective, Behind the Bahamas. Uh, I don't know if I should say they're my sons or my chickens. <laughs> there we go. Point you out at 11 o'clock. Do you see him? Say, yeah, the way I talk to you, I soothe you down. I like flying cats. I can see the buck fever. I can see the knees like shaking. And I'm always in the back of the air like, control yourself, John. Control yourself. I could see the panic from here. Control yourself, Musa. Musa. <laughs> Felt like I was on top of the world. <laughs> Doing my first fly run without having to pay for it. That's a gift I'll never forget because that got me started in a big way. They grew up with it with the engine and the car and all that. We grew up with everything else. That love for fishing. I used to run away from school just to go fishing. They don't do that these days. They run away to go in the mall. <laughs> yeah. Right to Hurricane Dorian, Category 5 storm hitting the Bahamas, heading for the southeast. One of the strongest Atlantic hurricanes in recorded. There was no road to drive because there's water and debris everywhere. I, I jump out of the window at 1 o'clock and I end up full front of the hurricane. I'm like, I can't sleep and you're not knowing if my family's safe or not. God, and everybody's looking at me like a ghost. They're like, dude, where do you come from in this? I'm like, somebody gave me this house direction and I know my family's here and I wasn't stopping until I got here. And sure enough, I got there. So soft on this. Say it again. <laughs> if I didn't want the public to hear, I would have said. There you go. <laughs> nice. Hunter, right. all of you down. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey guys, I'm excited just to end our time together at Soulfly Lodge with a little guide roundtable here, and I appreciate you guys for making time throughout the past couple days just to spend some time on the water, spend some time talking fishing, sharing instructions, sharing what you've learned in, in the waters that, that you guys love. Um, before we kind of get into the roundtable discussion, I'd love just to first just get everybody give a quick bio so we know who's here and uh, hanging out. We'll start with you, Travis. Uh, my name is Travis Sands. I'm originally from South Andrews, but here I am in the Berry Islands now hanging out with Percy the Legend and Freddy Cougar Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Y'all catch me off that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good afternoon. My name is James Dams. I'm originally from South Andrews also. Uh, fishing guide. Yeah, and, and Great Harbor Key now. Fishing with Travis and Boise. Trying to see if we could level the playing field. <laughs> All right. Yeah, 
My name is Percy Dowell, and I'm an original Berry Islander. And I just want to say I appreciate these two guys sitting here with me. Uh, I don't know if I should say they're my sons or <laughs> my chickens. <laughs> we'll but, go with the chicken pie. But I, I appreciate them highly. <laughs> Because uh, from day one when they got here, we all blend together like three hands and one glove. One glove. <laughs> I do nice. appreciate that. Percy, yeah. can you tell us that, that story a little bit about how you guys came together? Well, um, Kyle was the number one in that. He uh, gave me Travis' number. But before I could call Travis, Travis called me. <laughs> and Everybody we, has that number. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we met on the phone. We, did, um, we talked for a little bit. And um, after that, he showed up here. And our friendship started right there and then. And then the next thing I know, I had another South Andrews guy <laughs> pop in on me. <laughs> and that... It just went from there to where it is now. <laughs> Travis, tell me about getting the call from Percy, obviously as somebody who grew up, knowing the man, the myth, the legend. Oh, man, it was crazy because, like, I knew his name before I even knew what his face looked like. You know, and I'll always hear all the clients and go, like, man, Percy Dow from the Berry Island, and he's this badass guy, you know, the groove, you must, the legend that area. And it's always hearing his name, hearing his name, but I could have never put a face to his name, man. And then I finally, when Kyle got this little team together, you know, Kyle said, give him a call. And then I gave him a call one day, and I heard his voice for the first time. And he was talking. I'm like, oh, distinguished gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, listening to him, and I'm like, I'm probably going to be gonna have to walk on the eggshells around him for a minute because he sounds like a man of business. And then I finally get to come over, and I met him. And when I met him, I, like, sized him up a little bit, you know, look him up and down. And then I started to Jared poke at him a little bit to see what he can take and what he can't take. And from, I've been poking at him ever since, man. <laughs> been, do you, do you have a Percy impersonation? Oh, I have a lot of them. <laughs> give, give, give us your best Percy impersonation. Oh, man, where to begin? Uh, <laughs> that's Percy. Uh, Wow, it's so much that we, I check with. Uh, I gotta pick my favorite. Uh, I like the way he talks, basically. So when he speaks, like, he slows his speech way down and he goes, All right, guys, uh, here we are on the flats today, and I just wanted to let you guys know. And he just crawls with his leg. So he makes you sit there and listen because you can't interrupt because he's just so, like, he slows it way down, and you guys gotta stay there. And then me being a fast talker, like, I wait him out. I guess I can't wait to wait him out to get back at him. <laughs> I, would, I would ask Percy to, to do a Travis impersonation, but it's been a long day, and I feel like that might. <laughs> I don't think I want to. <laughs> Freddie, tell, tell me from your perspective, what's, what's it like getting called to be a part of this team, and what's running through your mind as a Andrus guide? Well, after coming from Abaco, after all that uh, storm, I was there in Andrus. Basically going up and down, up and down, not seeing it going nowhere. And then Travis give me a, a call and tell me, 
I supposed to get a phone call come soon because I had to tell him if he get it sort out, I'd like to come. And man, well, I, I heard this guy on the phone, and when I met him, it was like I had already met him. Like, he was exactly how he sang on the phone. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow. And, well, I was excited as a mother when they made that call. What, what to you, what, what made you so excited? What's kind of running through your mind in that moment? I'm going fishing. Shucks. <laughs> 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 Hold on. Uh, yeah, I have a little farm going on in Andres right then. So, yeah, it's nice to do the farm work, but, you know, your passion is for fishing, and you wanted to get back out on the water. Mm-hmm. And so it was very exciting to get that call to could get back out on the water. Mm-hmm. You know, not one day, but many days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Percy, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, you guys were three hands in one glove, which I, I don't know if I've ever heard that expression before that's my I, expression okay <laughs> that's a big glove or really little hands <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but you know one of the things that's really obvious is that you guys you know have fun with each other and have respect for each other and i think that's it seems like if i didn't know better i would think that you guys all spent your whole careers together and so just tell me from your perspective kind of as the lead guide how do you how do you try to foster that type of community with with the guide team well, <clears throat> excuse me. I take uh, take everybody like I take myself. I just pitch everybody following my footsteps, and we we never disagree on anything since they got here. And if I say A, they say B. Mm-hmm. So we just go along with everything, and whatever it ends up to that's what it does mm-hmm. but like i said before these guys are they're like my like my sons mm-hmm. i ex- i accept them more like my sons than uh, guides working under me mm-hmm. one of the things that's interesting too is you guys you're not just relatively new to working together but you guys kind of represent three different generations of of guiding Travis, I'm kind of curious from your standpoint as someone who's 32, there's a lot of 32-year-olds who don't get the opportunity to work with people like Percy and Freddie and to be on a team like this. How do you, when you think about making a dynamic work on a guide team, obviously you're big and you poke at people, but <laughs> how, how, do you try to, how do you try to make sure as a younger guy that you, you do it the right way? Oh, that's a great question, man. Like, being around the legends is easy. I just want the information they got, so I shut my mouth and <laughs> everything they say. And, like, Freddie, I knew Freddie from when I was a kid, you know. So being an Andres, I always used to pick his mind on fishing and what's not. And I was always interested in what he knew, you know. And so I guess we just had a long life experience. But Percy, just coming here, was the first time meeting him. And feel like I've known him longer than I've known Freddie, actually. <laughs> it's just like it all fit in. And when he talks, I just, like I said, I'm just there to listen and absorb as much as I can, you know, because he's like a walking dictionary. You see, it's like a dinosaur of information. <laughs> so I just want every bit of it as much as I can. And so I just listen. I have no problem listening, you know, and I'm just there for the ride and get, to get as much experience and exposure from these guys as possible mm-hmm. while we're around. And, and just being the great listener that I am, that makes them like me a little more, you know. I don't over talk them or try to like showboat or nothing, mm-hmm. but I do poke, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Freddie, one of the things that in Travis's interview that he talked about was being a kid and growing up and watching guides go out and thinking that was the coolest thing. And obviously you have a long relationship with Travis. How have you thought through just trying to give back to younger guides in the, uh, in the industry right around here in the Bahamas? Well, boy, buddy, I really like to give back a lot to the young guides if they'll show more interest in it. You know, Travis is one. You have a few young guides who trying to get into it, but ain't that much of them just looking for that knowledge of mm-hmm. guiding, you know. And a lot of the guides be up in age now. I remember when I first started, I feel real good I was one of the young ones. Now mm-hmm. all my face turning white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... So, the, and you ain't seeing that much of the young, young guides. Like, yeah, in the Bahamas right now, you might find about a handful of young guides throughout the whole Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Most everybody up in age. You go on every island in the Bahamas, most of the guides up in age. Mm-hmm. So the young folks ain't really see that love for it. Like, how we did to see it. Mm-hmm. They grew up with, it, with the engine and the car and all that. We grew up with everything else. Mm-hmm. I love for fishing. I used to run away from school just to go fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't do that these days. They run away to go in the mall. Percy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sure. that's that kind of brings up something that I'm kind of curious to hear you and Freddie's perspective on. I've heard people over the past couple of years mention a, you know, concern for there just not being enough young, humble guides to kind of carry on the the legacy of this fishery. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like there's a shortage? Do you feel like there's a shortage of humility? What, what's what's your perspective? Well, um, like Freddie said, we got a lot of young <clears throat> young guys that just are not interested in learning. Like I used to take a group of boys from school on Thursdays, take them out in the flats, give them lesson, had them work, and after a while I asked them what they think about it and everybody said we like it so I said okay good we'll continue on and I worked with him some more and at the end of it I turned around and all of them were in construction Hmm. so that showed me that they they told me they were interested but they wasn't as interested as they said and the uh, younger guys today, they they are not up to it. Mm-hmm. Most of them, they want the money, but they don't want to work. Mm-hmm. So, it's interesting because almost every fishery that I've done podcast in, people would say there's too many young guides. No. And then to hear Freddie, we don't have that down. Yeah, we can we can never have, we have the too many young guys. No. No. We wow. need more, like a lot more. We need more. a lot more. It need to be implemented in the school systems more. The government need to be more hands-on and basically mm-hmm. showing the young guys what it's really about. Because mm-hmm. they, a lot of Bohemians don't know what bone fishing guys is. Like no. most of the time, I'm going fishing. Everybody's like, "Oh, bring me some conch, bring me some snapper, bring me some crawfish." Yeah, they. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm not diving, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "What? You in the boat all day?" I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm bone fishing." They're like. What it means? So I'm like, we're letting these fish go, and they're like, they don't understand it, that people pay money to come to the Bahamas to go out on the flat to catch a mm-hmm. fish just to let it go. It's like, it's like insane to them when you explain mm-hmm. it. And so it's like, how do you make people know and understand what it is and how passionate we are about it and why we are so passionate about it? Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
until the government implemented it more in the school system, I think it's going to be a dying sport for behemoths, and we got to be careful with that. And so i Very really careful. looking forward to help uh, as much young men as I can mm. and as quick as I can. I know that after spending time with you guys, I know that you guys aren't just trying to have a good day, but you're also trying to build something that's that's meaningful, that's lasting here. I'd love just for each of you just to kind of share how you would answer what what are you trying to build? What do you hope will come from all of this 50 years from now? 50 years from now, I'd like for the younger generation to look back and say, man, this guy who I can out fishing right now, his granddad used to go with Freddie then mm. and Pisces. And we keeping it going because they keep coming. Mm. You know, you have a lot of the young guys, like you said, they ain't getting in there. So it's like, if you don't look out, they're gonna die right there after some of us go. Mm. Uh, that's very scary. Well, I think um, I know we're trying hard now to get younger people involved in it. But I think we we need to try and push maybe a little bit harder to see if we can't get some of them turned mm-hmm. instead of going left, turn and go right. Because if it keeps going the way it is, eventually the system is going to die totally because there won't be anybody to take people out. Mm-hmm. And I'd hate to see this, uh, this whole thing go downhill. Mm. Uh, like, I've been thinking, and what I really want to build from this entire thing of being a porn fishing guide and what's not an thing, that's to show uh, like a lot of people it's not just fishing, and that's what I think is wrong. People think it's just fishing. Like, fishing guides are more conservation. We're, like, basically handling them properly. We're out there every day. Mm-hmm. We're seeing what's going on, and basically we want to spread the word of it more, you know, because it's very misunderstood sport. Cause a lot of people think you're cutting bait out there all day, and you're getting, I'm like, it's a fake lure. So it's like, it's like a secret almost in the Bahamas. And, mm-hmm. and I just want to basically make it so pronounced all around the world and show people how much fun you can have. And it opens so many other doors and just fishing. You could go to the States, travel, go fish over there. Uh, you get endorsement from other companies like brands that are fishing companies. And like people see you if you're doing a good job and they want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And show them it's just like the, it's the opportunity that's just so much more than just taking somebody out in the boat and spreading a good word about it. And I just... Like, it's like, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to make a big footprint in the industry so people can actually see, like, hey, man, this guy's be on TV, and it's like, make it look as cool as possible and just spread the word on it just mm-hmm. so people can know more about it in the Bahamas. I think it's it's like a secret in the Bahamas, to tell you the mm-hmm. truth. That's interesting. And, and you mentioned conservation. I know that's been something that this lodge is very concerned about, is trying to conserve what makes this place special. Percy, I mean, you're, you've, having the longest legacy here and have, having spent the most amount of time on the water in this area, when you think about conservation, what comes to mind for you? Um, taking care of all of our mangroves and seeing that the people don't take the juvenile conchs, mm-hmm. leave the baby lobsters alone. And one thing I would wish the government would put into effect is put a size limit on the fishes that they bring in Mm -hmm. instead of everybody going out there and just bringing in whatever they catch put a minimum size on each species of fish because 
if they don't, the population is going to die just like mm -hmm. I said. I'm mm -hmm. curious, with you and Freddie having both been fishing for a long time, what, what changes you've seen in the Bahamas over the years? Maybe maybe share a few concerning changes and maybe see share any positive changes that you've seen along the way, too. I've seen a lot of changes, like you say, with the count. Tang and Andres, we used to, when we would left school, we could have picked up like 500 count from here to the end of the, of the pool. And I mean big count. We used to leave all the baby ones. And then the younger generation came around, and they cleaned out all the baby ones. And so now you hardly could find no conch around. And when you say something to some of them, they are so rude that you just look at them and just say to yourself, you know, it's amazing. I'm trying to help you not to kill your own self because that's what you're doing. Mm. And years to come, it ain't going to be me suffering. It could be you suffering from it. I'm way up here. You down here. So when you can't find a gun, that on you and your generation, you mm. can't kill out all the baby. That's just like with bonefish. When we were young, I used to watch people get up every day with their net, stretch their net out, and fill them up with bonefish. When government made that law against netting, man, I watched folks burning those nets because those old folks were scared to go to prison. They were like, what? Get rid of those nets. The bonefish population around South Andres went up. Sky high. Like, we start seeing more big schools hanging in areas. So if we allow the younger generation not to know what this is all about and help preserve this, they're turning right around just killing them out. My kids, they go fishing, they catch a bonefish, they take the picture and let it go. They know in the morning, daddy getting up to go look for this very same bonefish. Yeah? So they help him preserve it. And I would hope a lot of the other younger generations will do it. But, you know, it is what it is right now. One, uh, one thing else I would like to see the government put out of commission is these gill nets. Yeah. Because gill nets kills everything every day from the babies to the lodge yep. and right now there are a couple channels with rock heads in them southwest of here we used to be able to go out there and fish just jigging around catch mm -hmm. a big cooler full of assorted fish the last time we were out there they were all gone and it's not the people in our area that's doing it. It's the people from out of the area. Like, for instance, uh, Moores Island, Abaco, Grand Bahama, mm -hmm. Spanish Wells, all those places, those people carry gill nets. Mm -hmm. um, I went out one day. I was going fishing. A friend of mine and myself, you remember me talking about Stanford from Low South. Yeah, we were going out, and it was this boat with three guys in it. And I watched them, and they went into Shark Creek. They went by Shark Creek first. So I called the inspector and I told him what was happening out there. And he said, "Do me a favor, keep your eyes on them, and if they look like they're going somewhere they shouldn't, call me." Well, they went into Shark Creek, and I just politely went in. And as I was going in, they were coming out, so I stopped them. They had a gill net in the boat. And I went to them and I told them, I said, guys, 
I want you to know, first off, I'm a fisheries officer. I'm not. <laughs> but I made him believe I was. I said, and you're not allowed to be inside of a five-mile limit of any island with a net in your boat. No. And he said to me, Mr., I'm sorry, I didn't know. I said, okay, I caution you this time, but next time, I ain't gonna be so generous. <laughs> next thing I know, I saw that boat going west and I lost it going west. <laughs> and I called, I came back, I went and I told the, the inspector, I said, you don't have to worry about them anymore. They're <laughs> taken care of. Nice. So I got them out of the area. Mm -hmm. But there are still people that sneaks in and do it off of these big fishing boats. Mm -hmm. They yep. carried them on the fishing boat, and I don't know why the government allowed them to, mm -hmm. because they should outlaw that big time. Mm -hmm. One of the things I was curious about, too, is obviously you guys get along well personality-wise and hanging around the lodge and, and kind of when the clients show up and, and all of that, but you know, I'm kind of curious how you guys share information and, and s how the spots dynamic works. Like, you know, Percy, what do you do when Travis is trying to steal all your spots? <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody tried to steal spots. <laughs> Too much spots to steal. How, yeah, no. yeah, how, but how do you, how do you guys try to share information in, in a way that's helpful, you know? Well, what we, what we do is, um, Whoever gets to the spot first, if Wins. somebody else is, <laughs> if somebody else is going there and they see that person there, Find they just else. politely leave yeah. and go, go somewhere, somewhere else. Yeah. Like he was in a spot one day, I came around the corner not knowing he was there, but as soon as I saw him, I pulled my engine down, shut it off, and I let I wait until the the current and the wind took me away, and I crank up and went somewhere else. Mm. I didn't yeah, want to. There's nothing to argue about. No. no. These are the most sharing guides I've ever met anywhere in the Bahamas, anywhere in the world, I should say, because I've, I've had a chance to wear in the States where I always hear guys like, oh, my secrets, but this, I don't want this guy to sit me here. Don't take no pictures of the background. And they get into these cranky, like, I got to protect my secret. But this team here at Soulfly Lodge, it's like he said, it's one glove, three mm -hmm. guys, four guides. And everybody gets along, and it's mm -hmm. so great. And like, and that's what I love about this team. This team is a sharing team, mm -hmm. and it's rare that you find a guide sharing team anywhere in the world, because mm -hmm. guides just don't do that, you yeah, know. Mm -hmm. And so, with that, what that would we have here, especially within itself. Mm -hmm. I born and grow and Also, what we do that don't work. If if all of us go out fishing, we try to keep in contact with each other to find out mm -hmm. who's catching, who's not catching. And what if, if I'm in an area and the fish is there and they're biting and he's not finding or catching or he's not finding or catching, come I'll say, area. come on where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to keep it a secret, we share the spot. Mm -hmm. yeah. That way everybody can leave the ground happy. Yes. Yeah, I could see just even in a lodge environment that that, that being appreciated that, you know, the clients sometimes are split up amongst one party might be split up amongst yeah. the whole guide team or a few of you and just to know the whole team is actually a team working together mm -hmm. and sharing information when um i'm kind of curious too like percy and freddie when you think about okay you have dre and and you have travis as young guys on the team what are those big things that you want them not just 
the the little kind of informational piece about here's what's going on in the fishery today but when you think about them being the future what are those big things that you want them to hold on to everything that goes out of my brain everything they can learn <laughs> i want them to do i've heard some of the things everything yeah everything <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I hope you heard, heard the good ones. Yeah, that's the good set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's good when the younger generation could catch on to everything that's going on. Be want and want that knowledge to know well. All right. Yeah, Freddie, them up in age, but that means I can't learn nothing from him. You never do older than. Huh? I'm 53, and I still look to Boise and and mm-hmm. catch on with certain things from him. Mm-hmm. So you never do too old the line. When you do old the line, you probably turn out to be one of these tables, <laughs> just sitting there. What I'd like for them to do is, if they have a problem and uh, it's a situation that they don't understand, just ask one of us. And yeah. if we could remedy that situation for you, we will. Mm-hmm. But not to you know, be walking around, not knowing what to do, and but not accent, mm-hmm. right? That's, you that's don't know. That's the main thing ask. because how are you going to learn if you don't ask? And that's yep. a chink in your armor. You know, if you have a chink in your armor, you got a weak spot, and so that's why we every every guide should be on the same page. Like he said, if somebody's having a hard time not finding fish, it takes nothing like a walkie-talkie call. Like, hey, Travis. Hey, Dre over here is really hitting, you know, mm-hmm. and then those clients and Dre's boat doesn't come in and those, he's not the only one that didn't catch fish. And now he's looking like the weak link and all the people won't want to go with him. We don't want that. Mm-hmm. We want every guy basically yeah, man, everybody's knowledge supposed hungry. To have fun. I'm not finding anything. Help me out, guys. What, where, where, where can I go? Is the tide right here? We don't mind sharing that information. And Freddie and Percy uh, like shares that information and I'm like I want it you know mm-hmm. I don't want to be all just stumbling around and not catching anything and they're having a good time and then when we get at the dock at the end of the day my clients are not happy but everybody has clients happy and mm. like I said it's a chink in your armor yeah, that just make you feel yeah. like you didn't really push out as hard as you should have pushed mm-hmm. when it get like that so that's why it's be good I, to I have one problem with that mm. this this is my problem <laughs> if he would listen to us Listen to his phone ringing sometime, and the radio call, he'll know exactly what's going on. I'll even devote some I get excited, and I see those fish, and I yeah, even forget the walkie-talkie. I guess, like, out of the boat, let's fly, let's go, girl. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> somebody I know did that, uh, when was that? Sure. All Friday. The yeah. All the time. When radio silence. That time, I'm beating that radio down. I'm ready, ready, ready. Ooh. I saw a fish before I stopped the boat. <laughs> so when you see that, the... <laughs> Guys, out the boat, I didn't even drop the anchor. Mm-hmm. Huh? Drop the engine down so the boat don't go. Hey, let's move. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to go back and deal with the boat afterwards. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, you know, Travis, with you being on this team, what are some things that you have learned from being around Freddie and Percy that are maybe those big picture things that, that you hope to hold on to the rest of your career? Uh, what I've learned from Freddie and Percy so much, you know, their patience, uh, the way they approach a flat, you know, the way they run a boat. You know, the way they pull, like, I, I watch everything. And mm-hmm. the way they cast, like, if they, they how they hold their rod, mm, I watch everything, you know. And I'm just learning. It's like, you can never know enough or know more, more than anybody else. And so, I'm watching everything, you know. And I'm like, mm, 
That's how you drift this boat on this tidal. And I'm watching. I don't mm-hmm. say it all the time, but I'm constantly absorbing move like or like their behavior, their patterns, the way they approach things, you know. And, and that's where information comes from. Sometimes it's good just to observe. And I observe them because I'm around them all the time, mm-hmm. every different day, and watching them. And they're just like I'm like a mimic at this point. Like so, it's like. Every I'm like they catching fish. They do it this like this. I want to do it like that, and mm-hmm. I want to approach it like that. And I try it. You know, there's there's no harm in trying it. Mm-hmm. And half, uh, I'll say, ninety five percent of the time it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty good. <clears throat> you know, you well, you, guys, you know. I think I told you when we when we talked last time that I was the youngest guy in Chub Chubkey. Mm-hmm. Well. When I went there, like I said, I was the youngest guy. And most of the guides that were there then are gone. There's only one of them left that I can remember. And he is how many years older than I am? He's 76 years old. Hmm. So that's seven years older than I am. And right after I left Chubb, he was working for me. Mm. Nice. <laughs> he didn't have anything to do, so I hired him on here. Mm-hmm. And th- he was one of the guys that taught me some of my knowledge of bone fishing. Mm. But after I got so far, then I went beyond on my own. Mm-hmm. But that, it just goes to show you, it's not what they know but it's what you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's still at the same standard as he was back then, but I'm up here. Mm-hmm. So I worked my way from there, from his standard, and then I got up here to the top mm-hmm. of the ladder. And I wouldn't say I look down on everybody, I just try to help everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I told these guys, you remember I told you all about David and Joe Lewis down there at Chubb and mm-hmm. David and his his nephew is getting all the work and Joe Lewis is just hustling. Yeah. Every time I get a job up here where I need some help, I get on the phone and I'll call him, mm. have him come up here, stay at my house, and as long as it's the charter is for, I let him work the charter, and when he finish, he goes back to Chubb. He tried to pay me. I said, nope. I don't want any money. I just wanted to know you had a job to do. Mm-hmm. And you did it. Mm-hmm. When you talk about going to beyond, to you, what does that mean? And how does somebody get there? Well, as you know, my name is all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't really know how it got spread all over like that, but it mm-hmm. is. And if I didn't work myself up from David's level to get up there, mm-hmm. I would still be just another bonefish guide, Percy Dowell, and half the world wouldn't know who I am mm-hmm. or where I am. So that's the goal that I was working for, mm-hmm. and I accomplished it. Mm-hmm. And now, I, I mean, I, I can't uh, make enough of me Mm-hmm. To supply, to support the people that want me. Mm. If I could clone myself, 
<laughs> it would be all right. Well, to you, w- when you think about that, like kind of what it takes for somebody to become world class at at guiding, what do you feel like are the ingredients? Um, the know how, knowing how to deal with people. Mm. Yes, sir. Um, give them all the respect they need. And if you have, if you take people out, and everybody's going to get people that's going to be grouchy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Don't answer them. Instead of answering them, tell them something to make them feel good. Mm-hmm. And if they, you know, keep ignoring, 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 don't don't say anything out of the way. You just ignore the whatever they're telling you mm. and eventually they're gonna stop because mm. then they'll realize that they're being a, they are being a pain mm. but like some guys I know they get out there and they they curse at the gas and carry on mm. that's not the appropriate way mm-hmm. the appropriate way is to just tell them in a nice way whatever the, you think you can tell them that would make them feel good and most of the time they'll appreciate it mm-hmm. the old grip and grin method <laughs> <laughs> yeah I did do my best to be as nice as possible with everybody because mm-hmm. like I said the world's small but it's still big you know we live in Andres and I worked Andres out for many years and we had guys who'll come they'll come back to Andres but they don't come to Andres out because of how one or two of the guides used to treat them, mm. you know, and so you gotta look out for pushing your folks away. Like the other day, I I surprised the living daylights out of Bruce. Mm. I fished with that guy for about twenty years. When when Bruce saw me, Bruce jumping my hand like a little kid will jump in somebody <laughs> hand, and that's the kind of spirit you want when somebody see you like you. Hey, mm. look, damn. That's who that is? Mm-hmm. You know, not, oh, shit, not him again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you want to keep it more in a loving world. You want this word to get spread around. You want when the guy go home and he talking to his friends who don't even know you, mm-hmm. they'll come here and almost feel like they know you mm. because it's like, oh, just the guy who they told me to sing every time you catch a fish. Shucks. All right. Now he started to feel relaxed because his friend already talked so much about this guy. Tell. But if you go back and his friend like, man, hmm. I don't want you to go with that guy. You go with that guy. Man, that guy was bitchy all day. And then you come here and you hear the name. Oh, shucks. That's hmm. the guy. No, we don't want that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I always tell my guys? I said... If you have someone in your boat that is getting on your nerve, the best thing to do is do whatever you can do to try and make them happy. Because you got to realize you could be they're the people that's paying your bills. Yep. Mm. So they are the ones that's paying your bills. Satan, Satan and they came out here to have mm. fun. Yep. And if you're gonna get angry with them and carry on. They're not going to come back and fish with you again. 
Everybody asks me, say, how come you have so much patience to deal with people? And I said, well, you got to realize, I started this when I first started bone fishing. And as I grew in the bone fishing world, my patience grew with me. Mm-hmm. So I do my best to keep my clients happy mm. all the time. My last question is, you know, there's a lot of people are either anglers and they just kind of fish with themselves or the same little group of people, or there are a lot of people who listen or guides who don't get the opportunity to be a part of lodges and teams. I'm curious from each of you what you feel like being a part of this team has benefited you as a guide and angler. Oh, like that's a great question. And being a part of a team benefits you because you're around, like I said, different personality of guides. So you're seeing, I'm seeing how Freddie approach things. I'm seeing how Percy approach things. I'm seeing how Dre approach things. So I'm looking and I'm wondering how can I make myself better? How do I approach things? And by dealing with people, and like it's like being a bone fishing guide is not just going out there and catching fish, like they said. You got to be a people's person. People's person. And a lot of people don't know how to be people's no. person. And it's always like it's like almost like matching the hatch. You got to match whatever energy is in your boat. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I asked you about a couple of questions. I already know if you're a big talker or you're not a talker, and I just know how to handle you for the rest of that day. And so, and that's it's so important to being able to match whatever energy you got in your boat, you know, because you mm. could actually rub somebody the wrong way by talking too much yeah. or you yep. could rub somebody the wrong way by not talking enough yep. so it's like just knowing when to apply what you need to apply in the boat and what's not and some mm. people don't want to be helped at the same time and some people want to be helped so you got to read between the lines with that because I'll, I've tried helping I've tried helping people before and there's something called overhelping where I've gave them a few instructions and they keep doing something wrong and I go to say hey you think, I know I know I know I know no, you don't know because you're still doing it wrong. And I'm trying to tell you, but they answer me with, I know, I know, I know. When you don't know, that means you're frustrated. But So you don't want my lessons because you're like backing back at me. So those people, I just let them do their own thing. And when they say it doesn't work, then they eventually like meander back to me for information <laughs> on how to get it done. Yeah, and I just let people blow themselves out on the flats, basically. Yeah, that's, that's the, the way it goes. Yeah, yes, I've had days where that happened. Guys didn't really want your help. Um, at the end of the day, they come in and tell you, you know, I'm sorry, it's being a little diffi- difficult for you to deal with. Because mm-hmm. sometimes they, they realize that you were just trying to help them. And then, like, I trying to, do I want you to catch a fish just as much as you want to catch a fish. Mm-hmm. So you could frustrate some fellas, and they'll really lash out at you. Mm. You know. Well, I've had them apologize to me. Yeah, a lot of them. And then they said, I'm sorry for being an asshole. <laughs> yeah, about <laughs> a lot of those guys do that. said, and I appreciate you putting up with what I was giving. Yeah. <laughs> I said, don't worry about it. Patience is all I got. You could always tell when a lot <laughs> of the guys appreciate it because when they reach in, Instead of trying to sneak and talk the management on the side, mm. they would say it right there, man, I was being a natural asshole all day. Mm. And so it le- levels the playing field. But when he wants to pull the manager aside, yeah, man, he was doing this and he was doing that. Oh, boy. Here <laughs> goes. Long day. You know, because mm. that means you ain't taking responsibility for nothing 
you did wrong. You mm-hmm. ain't, that means you ain't do nothing wrong. The guy was, and I sure the guy ain't gone on there. Man, get you. Mm-hmm. I never, well, I leave those set of guys who do that in Andrews. Mm-hmm. You know, shout out folks and all that. This crew up here, we don't do no shouting. Anytime you get shouted at, probably flat find him, tell you to hurry up, do something. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it ain't so horrible that it hurt your feelings that you want to call the end of your day and go in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, like you say, trying to help you. Make mm-hmm. your day go real good. I, one of my clients, um, I don't know if he's still alive, but he's from Ohio. And he used to always come down here and fish with me. And he told me, he said, Percy, he said, I went out with a guide in the Keys. <laughs> he said, and it was blowing about 20 miles an hour. We were spin fishing. And he said, uh, the guide told me to cast at the fish. He said, I cast at the fish, and the wind blew the bait behind the fish. And the guide said to me, they don't bite with their asshole, asshole. <laughs> so he told him, he said, do me a favor, take me to the dock. He mm. got on the dock and he jumped out the boat and he said to him, you don't have to worry, I'll never fish with you again. Mm. So those kind of remarks should never be not with clients. Mm. I don't and care how or who the client is, things like that should never be said. Mm-hmm. No. Nobody pays to get yelled at. That's just the point. <laughs> you know? And that's just it. Nobody pays to get yelled at. And a lot of guys have failed to understand that, unfortunately. Yeah, but, like, yeah. at Soul Fly Lodge, there's no yellers here, man. No. We, we don't yell. We laugh, we sing, we whistle, and we. How fun. How fun. And that's just what it's about. The, the and pure yell. Energy. And you only you only yell when a fish has landed. Oh, oh hell or, yeah! Or, 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 or seen. I'll yell if I see a something nice and big at all. Whoa, that's a flat fish. So it's a good yell. It ain't a bad yell. Yeah, yeah, no. well, so I, I used to just go Yahoo. That's kind of soft. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, again. The other day he caught a fish. Around the corner for me. I let them know. I let yeah. them know. <laughs> it sounded like it sounded like he was right in the stern of our boat. I let them know. We was at least two miles away from him. You know what that means when they hear me hooting and hollering? <laughs> you guys better start hooting and hollering. I'm having uh, a when, good time over here. When we were down south with the low tide off the round manger, yeah, he was north. You was tending to the boat, and I was south. Oh yeah. Do you remember when they got that fish that hooked that fish that day? Yeah. I could hear him all the way down south. <laughs> all the way. Shouldn't a phantom, a flats phantom be quiet and stealthy? Yeah, when you're hunting. After the hunters. After the, after you catch something, you can scare every way for a hundred feet and then you gotta punt them down. <laughs> it makes me want to challenge it. When I catch something big, I scare everything off and and the nearest hundred feet. I'm screaming, <laughs> hooping, hollering, and then he's like, Charles, don't we gotta be quiet for the other ones coming? Ah, they understand. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're spooking Freddie and Percy's fish from two that's, miles away. Ah, that's my plan, <laughs> baby. <laughs> <laughs> it don't work though. No, no, that don't work. 
Freddie, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like, how you would answer the question of what you've learned from this team, because you've been a part of other teams, and, and you have a, a, a really notable career as well. What have you learned from just being on this team? Well, I've learned that these are some loving guys compared <laughs> to some of the teams I've been on. Yeah, man. Um, like I say, in Andres, in Andres, it was a rat race to see who could down each other. Yeah, that's sad. You know? Uh, guys, I'm going to go in the boat, and, like, I'll go today. The fish them were very spooky, and I'll go some, I'll carry somebody out tomorrow who was out today and had that kind of experience, and before I down the guide for how they, they turn out fishing, I mean, like, no, man, the weather just spooked them out. Those guys and Andres don't do that. Who? Man, you didn't want to catch no fish. You should have come go with me. Hmm. It's like, so what you trying to say? You know? And then they go out in the boat, and they bitch a lot with folks and hmm. break up engines and do all kind of crap what they wasn't supposed to do. And the guy still come in and complain. You know? Oh, he can't fish in. That's their mentality, that the guy can't fish in now that He's complaining about them also. Not looking at, you know, you spend so much energy just trying to down Travis or Freddie or T or one of the other guys, tell you didn't put out your best. Mm. Yeah? You felt like you was already above them because you're looking down on them. What you have learned from us, fishing here with us, that's what we want to know. What you oh, have me? learned from me and Percy since you have came here. I learned, I, learned <laughs> I learned a lot from Percy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, 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 it's very nice working with these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, Percy is, is the father and this the younger son. <laughs> you know, you want some noise? Call this guy. So you still ain't learning nothing from me? No. <laughs> Maybe how to work the TV at the lodge. Yeah, right, and, and make more noise. Yeah. You know, but... <laughs> no, but uh, I, I, I learned a lot from this guy. Mm. You know? Mm. Um, Travis is young. When I was working in Abaco with Travis, I never got to land under the permit. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times he come in and he catch and he land permit. So I'm always looking at him for that knowledge of... Mm-hmm what all you do, when to do, what not to do. Because, yeah, I've been fishing almost just as long as he been in this world. Mm. But I still don't know nothing much about catching permits. So it's always good to learn, mm-hmm. you know. I always try to learn something from him. But he got all the big bone fish, so I run in behind them set <laughs> all the time. But, yeah, it's always good to learn. Let me tell you something. You've been doing pretty good. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah, try to you're getting do my there. best. <laughs> and you, you, you've gotten close to your premise so, since you came here. Closer than you've ever gotten, right? Hell yeah. Here. So, like, that's a lot in itself already. You know? Yeah, well, see, that's what I'm saying. That's from paying attention. Yeah, there um, you go. If you that, don't pay that, attention. That fish you got, uh, when was that? Friday? Uh, before we stopped. With Bruce? A big one. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a nice fish. That was nice. Yeah, man, it's... You know, they have it up days and down days. Mm-hmm. Some days you show guys big fish and they can't get it out there because with big fish, you mostly got to make a long cast. You don't hardly just get them on 10 and 15 and 20 feet. Anytime uh, that big fish hit, hit that at 30 feet, 
Yeah, he retarded. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, the majority of them are college educated. They keep their distance and then you swing them from way out there. Mm. You I've, know? I've got a uh, few clients. They, um, some of them are about middle age and some of them were up in the 60s, 70s. And they try and try and try to get that fly out to the fish and they want to give up. And I said, you know what? Don't give up. Just think and say to yourself, I can do it. Yeah, man, just relax. And try it. And I a always lot, tell a lot guys of times relax. it works. Mm. Just relax. They'll, say, they'll tell me, uh, ask me, would you like to come and cast it for me, please? I said, no, give it one more try. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, before you do, let me show you something. I get on the bow, I grab the hand. And, and I said, now, don't fight my arm. And I start this with them. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, okay, now, I'm going to let go. And give me the rhythm. I let go, and they start it. And I said, see how easy it is? Mm. Yep. But it doesn't last long. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it works. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it collapses. It ain't because I didn't try. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I'll cast it for them. Mm-hmm. Because they, I see they want to catch a fish so bad. Mm-hmm. I say to myself, let me just get it out there. I give it to them and they strip it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, I, I gave you the, uh, the stripping technique on that. Yeah. Yeah. That that one, if you follow that, mm-hmm. that'll always work. Mm-hmm. Percy, I'm curious as to kind of wrap this, uh, as we wrap this conversation up. For you, you know, there's a lot of guys who, um, they're legends in in fishing, and they don't. Maybe we can say get the opportunity to be around the next generation of guys like Dre and Travis, and in some ways, Freddie. Freddie's kind of the middle brother. Um, <laughs> I'm curious to you, what have you learned from being around the next generation? Well, one, number one, I learned that they are willing to learn more. They're not like some guys, you know, they get to their level and then they say, oh, I know enough. These guys are willing to learn more. Want it all. And if I can teach it to them, (laughs) I'm going to do it. But... I enjoy being around these guys. They're, uh, every time I don't see them for a couple hours, I pick up the phone and I call them. <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> oh, we're home chilling out. What do you got up your mind? No, Nothing really. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm coming, coming to, get to pick you, you up. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go. Uh, uh, we'll be ready. <laughs> yep. And we're out of there, you know, and then we're just talking about what fish we saw today, who missed what, why we didn't got it, and it's just like catching up. It's like, it's like, it's good to spend time on the seas, but it's also great to spend time off of the seas. Mm-hmm. And that great builds even a bigger and a more stronger bond. And we do that. And then also you, after a long day, we get to sit down and, and hush out what happened that day. And 
for your fish. I can assume as my fish or were your fish more happier in that section you were? And then try to figure out why were they happy in your corner or why they wasn't yeah. happy in my corner. And so we get to figure out a lot of the flats and figure out what's going on with it. And I think that's the great thing about this team and what makes everybody better and gets put you on another level of like getting a job done and keeping happy clients, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about being a team and not a single guy. Cause me being, I only can learn so much for myself, you know? Mm-hmm. But around these guys, it's like, it's like a horde of information. And like I said, I want it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, kid in the candy One store. of my clients, he's leaving here tomorrow. Um, I didn't get to fish with him this trip, but he asked me, he said, did you uh, show the guys where the fish are? I said, Carl, I didn't have to show them where the fish are, I said, because they look at the area and they could tell every spot (laughs) where their fish might be. Mm -hmm. I said, so I didn't have to show them anything. And this one, he even being in some of the places I don't go, <laughs> even though I know about them, I don't go there because it's so far. <laughs> Mind you, I fished permit down there quite a few times and caught big permit, mm-hmm. but to run from here down there and back, that's close to forty mile round trip. Yeah, but it's so amazing. Like I don't, you don't even have to know where I've been. I guess I'll start talking to you how the fish were behaving. And he could tell me exactly where they were. I'm like, man, I found this new flat. She's primitive, start tailing me, and the tide just start going out. And he and he calls a flat right on the I'm like, son of a bitch, he knows about it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, he, he don't even I didn't even call it a name. Yeah. I just start explaining the fish behavior and how they come in, and he'd be like, I know where you went. And if you go to the map and he'd just like point right on yeah. the spot. You've like, been right on <laughs> So I always like looking for stuff I don't think he knows. And I'll challenge myself. I'm like, I wonder if he knows about this spot. And so I'll just like hit up a spot and then I'll start talking to him about it and how the fish went. He'd be like, Oh, you went over there. I'm like, ah. <laughs> like everything I think I'm like trying to teach him, he already knows. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm still playing catch up. <laughs> You'll get there. I'm definitely catching up. <laughs> well, guys, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be able to hang out with you and get to know you guys. And thank you so much for sharing what you guys have learned over the years with yeah, the man. listeners and with myself. And I'm really grateful for the time we had. Yeah, yeah, I'm grateful to be here, I'm man. Thanks. Thankful to be here, too. Same here. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thanks again for listening to The Captain's Collective. Please help us out by leaving a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast. We hope that you enjoy. This is The Captain's Collective. <laughs>